We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Brad, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How's it going? All right, Brad, uh, first of all, um, I'm not going to ask you to comment on West. I'll take care of that. But um, as a guy who probably loves horse racing and spends more time in horse racing than anybody. Are you embarrassed by what's gone on here since the Derby disqualification? I don't think you can argue that that was a foul. I think you can make a case that maybe in the Derby, the horse was the best horse uh, should not come down, but that's, that's a rhetorical question more than anything else. What is a foul is a foul on most days. And uh, sometimes you just have to take your medicine. All right, do you believe, and you liked War Will a lot before the race, do you believe as War Will's connections and as Johnny Velasquez believes that War Will was raging as he was, and he was ready to make a big move in the race when he got hit? He did make a big move, but he was uncomfortable in that inside position for much of the race. He used some energy fighting his jockey. I don't think he would have won the race. I don't think he would have been second. So you don't think he would have made a big move in the race? I, he made a move even after it happened. I think he would have made a move, but I think he would have flattened down in the last eighth of a mile. I think he expended a lot of energy being in that very difficult inside position. He fought Gaffalione for a good three-eighths of a mile. When horses do that going a long distance, the reserves aren't there for the final 16th. He would have made a move. He would not have won, and I don't think he even would have been second. All right, let's get to him to start the Preakness. War Will on the inside. Well, the wet strip really helped him, Mike. Uh, he still impressed me on multiple levels. He got little out of the Louisiana Derby. He came to Churchill off a 42-day rest. He was training really well up to the contest. Uh, he didn't like the inside position, but he got comfortable with it eventually. And he was making a move when he was nearly knocked down by maximum security and Luis Saez. But Despite having that clear excuse to call the day, he courageously fought back. He did make a move. It would have been more significant if the incident didn't happen. He came again. He still was in contention until near, until near mid-stretch when he did weaken. He's a very good colt. There's no doubt about it. He has a pedigree. He has physical scope to continue to get better. But now he's second off a layoff after really being cranked off a layoff for the Derby. He returns in only two weeks off that brutally tough race, and he had to a little bit of a right front foot problem after that contest as well. It's, it's supposedly cleared up, and it can be, but it's still something that uh, takes a little bit of something out of you. A couple years ago, trainer Mark Cassie's Classic Empire exited a tough trip derby, and he ran absolutely super in the Preakness. He just lost in the heartbreaker. Cassie does race his horses more aggressively than other trainers in this new age, and his horses, when they do come back quick, tend to win at about his usual percentage. So he's very, very good at this. This horse would not be running if he wasn't doing really well. But War Will, to me, is still a win threat. Uh, he is a good horse. He has talent. He has class. But I think he's going to be overbet because of all, of all that publicity that came out of the Derby. Okay, Bourbon War. He was rushed into the nine furlong grade two Remsen only 17 days after breaking his maiden in his debut. He was in very good fourth considering the circumstances against more seasoned foes. Then he came back a Gulfstream showed a 
excellent sharp middle move, dominating uh, Cutting Humor, who subsequently won the Grade Three Sunland Derby. Uh, he was late changing leads, but still gaining late on the Kentucky Derby third finisher, Code of Honor, uh, when he was forced to go much wider than that rival in the Grade Two Fountain of Youth. And then he made a deceptively sharp wide run against Pace and Bias in the Grade One Florida Derby. He really accelerated nicely on the second turn in that race for a few strides, but he was again late changing leads. When he finally resettled in the stretch, he was gaining late once more on the better trip Code of Honor. I think Bourbon Ward is a touch better than Code of Honor and probably has more scope to continue to improve. He deserved a slot in the Derby, but he was denied on points. He's going to run in the Preakness off a 49-day layoff. He's wearing new blinkers, which are designed to eliminate the into-the-stretch gawking and idling that he tends to do and hopefully facilitate a more timely lead change. Once he, if he changes leads on cue, his finish is going to be dramatically better. The time off, I think, has helped him mentally and physically. It's given trainer Mark Hennick time to work with those mental issues, the greenness issues, and the lead change. He, and the lead changes. He's been working better as well, and I think those are with the new blinkers. I like the combination of factors that are coming together for him. The expected live pace, the additional distance, they're all going to help him. He's a legitimate win contender. Uh, Warriors charge. Uh, $150,000 supplement. Uh, you, he has to really one, run well to get that money back. He's a lightly raced, quickly blossoming colt. He's in top hands. He's made huge strides going two turns, and especially with the conversion to his freewheeling front-running style. But his pace figures are a bit soft. The final time of his last race was much faster than the grade two three-year-old Phillies ran that same day at Oakland in the fantasy stakes but his fractions were significantly slower. He's now stepping up from an A of the then to a grade one. Uh, he's sired by a sprinter. He's stretching out from a mile and a sixteenth to a mile and three sixteenths. That's a big stretch out. It's a full eighth of a mile. He's facing much more qualitative pace pressure and it looks like he's a one-dimensional need-the-lead type right now. All those factors, the stretch, the need-the-lead, uh, the pedigree, they will probably limit him. But this horse, Mike, can really run. If they leave him alone, there's a lot of speed on paper in this race, but he's inside everybody else. Uh, sometimes these horses are left alone when no one wants to take a chance. If they leave him alone, he will be tough. And this Pimlico track, as it has dried today, on the warmest day of the year so far, as it has continued to dry, it's gotten more and more speed favoring, more and more inside favoring. If that continues, pay attention. This horse will be helped. Improbable. He and, I, and, I, and I think Improbable is a good horse. I, I think he's a very good horse, and I thought he had a tough trip in the Derby. He did. He didn't like the position he was in. All of his best races, when he's made his strong moves, he's been clear. He was in between, in traffic, in and amongst horses, all the way around. He never really had the clearance that he likes to get when he makes his big move. Uh, he entered the Derby either... You could take, I've taken two views. He either was fully cranked third off a layoff, or maybe he was a little bit expended only three weeks after he gamely made those multiple runs at a superior rival in Omaha Beach. And Omaha Beach looked like he was toying with Improbable through the Arkansas Derby stretch run. Like every time Improbable made a move, Omaha Beach said, okay, I can go a little bit more. So Improbable, I think, was drained a little bit, and I think that contributed to that even Derby effort where he just didn't quite have the fire. That and the trip he received. 
as you mentioned, he is the best horse in this field on paper, but his edge may not be substantial. It's not as big as other Baffert horses have had coming into the Preakness from the Derby. Most of those horses, of course, being the winners or horses who had just absolutely horrendous, horrendous trips and had won many times already during the campaign. I don't think Improbable's upside is as high as it is for some of the others. He's had two stressful races in 35 days. Yes, he's a good horse, but I think he is a vulnerable favorite. All right, uh, Owendale. This horse has really improved with, with maturity. Last he, race, pretty good. Last race, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good is, is an understatement. He got better in the December and January. He made a stakes debut in the grade two risen star. He was hung very wide in that race, ran against a speed bias. Many horses came out of that contest to run much better. But off the eight-week layoff in that grade three Lexington that you referenced, Mike, the, t- the tactics changed. He was unasked early and taken back. He wasn't hustled at all to get position. He responded to those more patient tactics, and he just blitzed the field with a brilliant late second turn burst. He gets decent rest off his lifetime best here. He's in the hands of a top trainer who's still under the national media's radar in Brad Cox, the superstar, and should get plenty of pace once more in this race. But in the Preakness, he's going to have to move with that same sharpness. That's what he is, a sharp middle mover. He's going to have to do it more furlongs into the race. When you have to do that, sometimes your move gets blunted a little bit when you've had to gallop a a couple more eighths of a mile. And then he's going to have to continue on going a full eighth of a mile longer in the race after making the move. Uh, His pedigree is a bit ambiguous for the distance, but he's still a very dangerous wind threat in what's a relatively weak classic race because of his talent. If they do go fast, if they do contend with each other, this horse is going to be the one swooping. Uh, Market King with Lucas. Like, Lucas likes to run his horses, especially his Baker and Mac horses every, in all the big races. Uh, I can't see this horse belonging at all. He does not belong. He was a vet scratch two weeks ago in the post parade of a grade three race on the Derby undercard, a vet scratch. He does not belong here. His pace presence will help the ralliers, but let's hope he doesn't get in anyone's way and completes the course safely. Always mining. He's a testament to the capability of a modern thoroughbred improving and developing with the help of an aggressive racing schedule. He's already Boy, he's run, run a lot, and yeah, he really has. Twelve times. Three more than anyone else. And he just keeps getting better. He doesn't bounce. And always dreaming, he's not a bargain basement local homebred. He was a hundred and thirty thousand dollar two thousand seventeen Keeneland yearling. And that was a lot of money for a horse by his underrated sire, Stay Thirsty. He really moved forward though with Lasix distance and going to the Fairhill Barn of rising trainer Kelly Rubley. Uh, he's tactical and versatile. He's finished very well in his two longest efforts at a mile and the 16th and a mile and an 8th. He was helped both times from, by soft paces, though. But he has dominated third and second level three-year-olds like Gray Magician. Win, win, win. Jovia, who won before my own eyes here at Monmouth Park in the Long Branch last Sunday, and recent Belmont-listed stakes winner Wendell Fong. So he's been keeping second and third-rate company, but good company at that. His ceiling is unknown, but he will have to up his game a full notch while going faster early and then longer late against classier speeds and better ralliers than he's faced so far. Now, he's won with ease against the tomato cans he's been beating. Uh, I think there's more in the tank, but my gut says he isn't quite good enough to win, but he can be second. 
Uh, signal man. He was a decisive cut below the best of the division at age two. He did take tons of dirt when he wasn't fully cranked in the deep grade two fountain of youth. He moved forward when more aggressively trained for the grade two bluegrass, but still in that race, he was out kicked for second, despite having a much better trip than did Win Win Win, who got up for the place over him. He was excluded from the derby on points due to losing that photo for second. He's well rested, third off a layoff. He is ready to fire his best shot, whatever the heck that is. But the added distance, I don't think, helps him a whole lot. He's never finished all that well going shorter. To me, he's just a deep underneath threat at best. He's just not good enough. Bodie Express. This is a horse with speed and the steady staying gear who's improved with racing. Yes, he's still a maiden, but he's proven himself in, against good competition to the point where that doesn't matter anymore. In his stakes debut in the Grade 1 Florida Derby, he was aided by pace and bias when he pressed maximum security. And while he was no match for that, that rival, uh, when the latter especially exploded into the fourth quarter of that race, he, uh, maximum security really ran a huge fourth quarter in the Florida Derby. Bodie Express still showed really good stamina himself by easily holding second, by moving into that two, moving into it better than most of the other horses. At Churchill, he was hung wide, pressing a faster pace, and actually was commencing a bid at maximum security when he just lost all chance late on the second term because of the incident. But Bodie Express did not completely stop. Once he regained his equilibrium, he showed grit and gameness. He continued on. He beat five horses. He could have been last easily. He's improving. He's underrated. He must return quickly, though, off that mentally and physically stressful race. Uh, his outside post in this contest hurts him as well. There's many horses with similar styles who are inside of him. But he's going to be a huge overlay, and I think his high odds will mitigate some of the risk of including him in exotics. I will. I don't think he can win. I do think he can be third or fourth. All right. Ever fast, I don't think, belongs to you. No, he doesn't belong, but unlike Market King, he has a rallying style that gives him a crazy shot to finish fourth if things just go, go wild up front, but uh, right. he's not going to be a big use. Laughing Fox. He's improved with maturity in two turns at Oakland this winter and spring. Two back in the grade one Arkansas Derby. He did have a better trip, but he still was outkicked by the Kentucky Derby second finisher, Country House, while he was no match for Improbable and Omaha Beach. Last out, he continued the cycle forward with a very wide but really strong, sustained rally in the Oakland Invitational, a new race that really was of grade three quality because it was run for the first time this year, though it could not have a grade. Laughing Fox's best two races have come when he was well set up pace-wise. That could happen again in the Preakness. He has the racing and the distance foundation to handle a two-week turnaround, and he's a big, strong horse as well. But the tougher competition could be an issue for him. In fact, it will be. Still, his gears, his ability to sustain a run, and his general style, they make him an underneath threat for Asmussen, a trainer who's just going great guns, doing fantastic work all over the country. Another twist of fate. This horse really showed me something, Mike, too, back in the Sunland Derby. He proved that he wasn't one-dimensional speed or a synthetic specialist. He was on a very fast pace early. 
He was able to ease back, though, and right on the back stretch. But in so doing that, he found himself on a dull rail. And then in rush hour, second-turn traffic, when a clear all the way, outside bias riding, cutting humor got the jump on him. Now, another twist of fate then had to work a bit to extricate himself from that jackpot before mounting a really strong, sustained rally, but simply ran out of ground. Now, cutting humor came out of that race to finish a deceptively very decent 11th in the Kentucky Derby. He was very wide all the way, and he made a fine middle move on the second turn. He ran better than 11th in, in reality. Another twist of fate comes back, came back a mere 20 days later uh, when he was pursuing points to get in the Derby in the Gray 3 Lexington. He had traffic issues again. They were early. They were late in that race. He was on a dullish rail at key times, especially in the stretch, and he couldn't deal with Owendale's acceleration going a mile the 16th into the lane. This horse, another twist of fate, is a grinder, not an accelerator. But he gamely continued coming, and uh, he was moving very, very steadily all the way to the wire. He wasn't stopping. I did not like, however, his new front bandages or his racing action that, to my eye, wasn't as smooth as it was at Sunland. But he's on a different surface now. He gets more rest and more distance, and that especially more distance is going to help a horse who's nine furlong races, his galloping style. They just cry out for more ground. He has stamina. He has toughness. He has fight. But the outside post is a killer for this horse. He's tactical, but he's a grinder. He's not going to come from What's way out of do? it. What's he going to do? He's going to be. He's going to. If he goes, he's going to get hung out to, to dry, and he's going to have nowhere. That he's he's going to have an impossible trip. Exactly. Now, this is a horse with a better draw I could pick, I could bet. But I hate where he is. I love his talent, but hate his position. What would he you might... do with him? What would you do with him? Would you tuck him and try and come late, or would you go try and run to the top and try and get a, and try and get a spot at the top? You have a long enough run to the first turn that you can see what's going on inside of you, but then you have to make a, a quick choice after about four or five seconds. You either have to go hard and try to be near the top and no more than two, two and a half, three wide, or if three or four people are going, then you just take back and hope there's some space to tuck Very into. Very tough. Very tough. It, it, it is. And that, like I said, I go from like almost to the point of saying this is my bet to saying this is a horse I can only use third or fourth. Gotcha. So it's about positioning for him. He's just got a bad post. Win, win, win. What about him? He was too far back and too big a field and took way too much kickback uh, in the Derby. But he still gamely passed some horses, and he actually ran his normal two-turn speed figure in that race. You know, he did, he did pick up the pieces. There's no question. Yeah, he, he did. This, is, this horse is very, very honest. This He's horse is going to make a lot of money. This horse is going to make a lot of money as a four-year-old. He's going to be around. This horse is going to be the kind of horse that makes a lot of money. He's relentless, and he's a trier, and he's in very good hands. His mid-Atlantic trainer, Michael Trombetta, has yep. done an excellent job uh, with his stock, many of them homebreds, actually, uh, all through the years. Uh, the smaller field, the shorter distance, the more contentious pace, they're all going to help this horse. He did have tougher trips when he was beaten by Derby fourth finisher Tacitus and always mining earlier this year. Uh, he definitely has a deep underneath shot. The blinkers on, I'm not so sure about. You kind of have to trust a veteran trainer who knows his horse, and Julian Pimentel, the rider, has been with this horse most of the way, so I'm sure they're working together on that. But blinkers on, a horse like this in a, in a big race, uh, is, it's not a move I love. All right, so what do you like? 
my windshot contenders, Bourbon War and Owendale, will be a game-time decision based on who's the highest odds. Uh, I would say right now I'm liking Bourbon War a little bit more. The more I look at him, the more I absorb everything. Uh, Owendale, I still think, though, might have a slightly better chance to win. The one I don't use as my win key will become my top exacta candidate, along with other exacta con- candidates, Improbable, War of Will, Always Mining, and to a lesser extent, Another Twist of Fate, and Warrior's Charge. Those exacta candidates will mostly be used second and third, but on top in some tickets, deeper underneath, win, 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 and to a lesser extent, Signal Man, Laughing Fox, Bodie Express. Those deeper underneath will be mostly third Who's and the best spot. horse in the race? The best horse, it's between Owendale and Bourbon War. Right now, it's Owendale. Bourbon War is going to have to show up tomorrow and be better. All right. Did you want to mention the 13th race today at Pimlico? Do you like a horse in the, in the uh, DuPont Distaff? Timeless Curls puts blinkers on, second off a layoff, turf to dirt, no chance last time out. Pimlico track is getting more speed favoring as it dries. She is a shot to send and steal. Thanks, Brad. We enjoyed Thank it. You. Thank you very much. All right, there's Brad Thomas on the Derby. Uh, Bourbon War and Owendale are his key guys. He told you what to do with the rest of the race. He's not big on War of Will. He thinks the race last week took too much out of him and that he's in a tough spot. Uh, and he's not in love with Improbable. So he likes uh, two new shooters. Bourbon War and Owendale are his key too. And then in the 13th race today, which goes at 6 o'clock, the uh, DuPont Distaff, he likes the one horse, Timeless Curls. Back after this. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T Mobile.com.